0: But listen, today, I'm excited to get into the Word. Are you guys excited to get into the Word today? Look, I got a lot of content today, and I got 35 minutes on my clock, and so I gotta go quickly. You know, I went back and forth a lot today. and trying to figure out what I wanted to, to speak about. And you know, this is an interesting week. We just came out of our Family Circus Series. How many of you enjoyed the Family Circus Series? I had a lot of fun with that one. And then... On August 1st, we're starting a brand new series. I want you to mark your calendar for August 1st. It's a brand new series that we've been working on for quite a while. I actually hinted at it a couple months ago. It's a series that we're gonna be launching August 1st called How to Be a Christian. Ooh, ooh. How to be a Christian. And we're gonna look at, as a Christ follower, many times we like Jesus, but are we like Jesus? Jesus. See, we're gonna look at Jesus' characteristics and see how we measure up many times. And in a sense, do we put our money where our mouth is? And then next week, we have a special guest with us. Pastor Ethan Boggs is back in the house next Sunday, so make sure you're there. Let's give it up for him. He'll be here next Sunday, so bring a friend as well. It's gonna be a great Sunday. But that leaves us with today. Today, I'm not in a series. Today, I got, I got this one chance to bring forth a message that I feel like is on my heart. And if you know me personally, you know that I'm a pretty authentic and transparent person. So I started looking at my own personal life lately and saying, what's something that I've, I've had to grow in in the last couple years? What's something I've had to really lean into? What's something I've had to mature in? I mean, you know, that sometimes life forces you to mature in some things. And there's something I feel like a lot of us probably need to grow in and work on, and that's this. Overcoming our anxiety. Some of you right now just start having anxiety, right? Overcoming our anxiety, and I'm calling this message When I Want to Run Away. Because have you ever been there before? There's times when life is just hard, and you want to run away. Your kids won't stop fighting with each other. You're like, I just want to run away. You're fighting with your spouse, You're like, I just wanna run away. You don't have enough money for for those bills that keep coming in. You're like, I just wanna run away. I'm sure I'm not the only person that's ever been there before. And see, today what I wanna do is I wanna encourage you as well. I want you to understand today that you can love God and still deal with anxiety. Now, I know there's always those perfect Christians, right? Right? There's always those perfect ones. Well, you just gotta trust in the Lord. <laughs> and you just like want to like holy slap them and say, Look, I'm dealing with something. Now I posted a few weeks ago this phrase that said, It's one thing to trust the place that God is taking you, it's another to trust the path that He's using to get you there. Sometimes a the path isn't comfortable, is it? Sometimes a path is pretty rocky. It's easy to say, God, I'm trusting you, but when the storm hits, then what? See, even though I love Jesus with everything in me, genuinely with all my heart, when I'm in a challenging season, I still feel anxious. I still feel insecure. I still feel ill equipped. I still get stressed out. I still struggle sleeping. I still struggle to turn off all those anxious thoughts that are racing through my head. I still struggle. And chances are there's some of you, and if we're honest, maybe most of you, that feel the same way. You know, in many ways, 2020 exposed this. Matter of fact, the National Center for Health did a study where they compared the emotional health of people in July of 2019 compared to the people of July of 2020, the ones that had just walked through the COVID pandemic. What's interesting is as they looked at the emotional health of the people of 2019, they found that in 2019, July 2019, 8.2% of adults showed some kind of signs of an anxiety disorder. Now, I thought that was high. Almost 10% of our population but one year later, July of 2020, just one year later, that number went up to 36%. Anxiety is caused by so many different things. It could be emotional, it could be situational, it could be spiritual, there's so many different avenues we could look at, there's so many different ways we can go, if you're dealing with anxiety, You may want to consult with your doctor as well. You might need to change a diet, take a supplement, take a medication. One thing I highly recommend is going to counseling. And can I just say real quick, I regularly go to counseling. Yeah, your pastor goes to counseling. Now I think a lot of times what we do is we go to the doctor when we're sick. We wait till our marriage is about to fall apart before we go to counseling And for some reason, we spend all this money and time maintaining things like our vehicles. But we don't maintain ourselves. Wouldn't it make more sense to put your money and your time into maintaining the health that you currently have if you are healthy? I highly recommend counseling. That's why here at Vibrant we have Vibrant Cares. That's our own counseling center here. Because it's important. See, I think many times, as a Christ follower, We feel guilty for being anxious about our situations. Like I'm not living with enough faith because I'm anxious about what I'm going through. But the fact of the matter is that's just not true. That's not accurate. And I don't know what it is that's making you feel anxious today. I don't know what it is that you're walking through. But today what I wanna do is introduce you to an Old Testament prophet. Because I think we have a lot in common with this person. See, for for this person, he loved God. And even though he had seen God's faithfulness and God's goodness and God's power in his life, he struggled massively with anxiety. And that person is Elijah. Someone say Elijah. See, Elijah had a very eventful life, and I can't go into every single part of his life, but this is pretty much what happens. He confronted a king, this king was named Ahab. He calls him out on his sins. That'd be pretty intimidating. Then he prophesies about a drought that would happen that would impact King Ahab's kingdom. Also, pretty intimidating. Later, he stands up to hundreds of prophets of the false god Baal. He does this like competition of sorts. They take, like, this bull, and they put it on this altar, and then he takes a bull and he puts it on an altar. And everyone's gonna call on their God to, to send fire to the altar. So you have all these false prophets and they're, they're yelling out and dancing and calling on their God to send fire and nothing's happening. While Elijah over here all by himself calls out on God to send fire and what happens is God shows up and shows off and immediately sends fire. Lights that sucker up. Right? And in this moment, everyone that was watching realized, oh, He's worshiping the one true God. So they begin to worship the one true God and exposing that these are false prophets and all of those false prophets are killed. And in that moment you would think that Elijah's chest would be puffed up. You'd think that his confidence would be sky high. But just like many of us, we can be having these great moments in our life. We can be on the mountaintop and then all of a sudden something happens. And we're full of anxiety and fear. See, after God shows up and shows off in this incredible way, King Ahab isn't very thrilled. And neither is his wife. King Ahab was married to a woman named Jezebel. You may have heard of her. She's not super popular. Jezebel comes on the scene and she pretty much says, hey, if you're not going to eliminate Elijah, I'm going to. And in this moment, something unexpected happens. Elijah completely breaks down. And his fear and his anxiety completely overtake him, overwhelms him. And today what I want us to do is lean into what Elijah does in this moment and learn from some of his mistakes. So we're going to be in 1 Kings today. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3. It says this. Are you ready? No one's ready. Are you ready? (laughs) All right, here we go. Verse three, it says, Elijah was afraid. So he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush. Now a broom bush you'll see pop up multiple times in the Old Testament. It was like a six to eight foot tall tree bush type thing with a lot of shade. So he's sitting under there, he sat under it and he prayed that he might die. Now, check it out. At this point, he's already stepped up to a king and confronted him. He's stepped up to hundreds of false prophets and confronted them. And now that the king's wife wants to kill him, he's so hyper focused on his situation that he's acting irrational. He goes on to pray this. He says, I have had enough, Lord. I've had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Have you been there before? Where you're like, God, I've had enough. You were strong for this situation and that situation and a few situations back to back to back, but eventually, there was that straw that broke the camel's back. And you're like, God, I can't take it anymore. I'm done, I'm tapping out. White flag, I'm done. The fact is there's some of us in here today That's where you are right now. Maybe you're online and you're home and you're watching this and you're there right now. Maybe this is your last stand. You're saying, I'm I'm showing up here, God, for this message because I can't take it anymore. You gotta show up and do something today. Something has to change today and maybe that's where you are. God, take it from me because I can't carry it anymore. It's too heavy. And today I wanna encourage you. Today I wanna give you some next steps to get you moving forward to this next place. Because maybe your hurts have created fears in your life and you're full of anxiety. You know what's so interesting is if you were to look up the word fear, if we were to define it, fear is this. It is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain. Right? It's an emotion caused by the belief that something is going to hurt me. Something's gonna cause pain to me. What does this mean? Well, if I was gonna use my kids as an example. You know, when they were young, we'd have to take them to the doctor for their shots. When we walked into the doctor's office, no big deal so far. But when the doctor shows up with the needle, and my kid sees that needle, all of a sudden, they have fear in their life. Why? Because they see this sharp object that's about to puncture their skin, and they're fairly certain it's going to hurt. Causing fear, an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is going to hurt me. It's gonna cause pain. But what is anxiety? If you define anxiety, it's this. Experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something fearful. See, what anxiety is, is that once my child knows that they are fearful about having a shot because it hurts, they now have these anxious feelings. They now worry, they're nervous, they're uneasy, simply walking into the doctor's office next time. Even if we're just showing up for a checkup, they're anxious because of a past hurt. See, it's not simply the fact that Jezebel wants Elijah dead in chapter 19 that's filling him with all this anxiety. More than likely, it's what happened in previous chapters, 18, 17, and so on. You know, I know I haven't even gotten to my message notes yet, but I just felt like some of us needed to probably hang in this spot for a second. If some of you are living with situational anxiety today and you're hurting, maybe for you, You've been in too many relationships to count and they just don't seem to work out. And you're starting to get desperate to find the one because you don't want to be alone. You're lonely. But the truth is is that your anxiety keeps flaring up and you keep carrying it into every single one of your relationships. You, You have this anxiety about whether or not you can trust that other person You feel anxious every time you and that other person have a disagreement. You have anxiety because you know the person you're dating isn't the person for you, but you're also not willing to let them go because you're scared of being alone. Is it really about the relationship you're currently in, or does it stem from fear from when you first got your shot? I could probably do hundreds of examples of this and how we do this in our life, but Another example is this. A lot of us are very anxious in how we live because at one point or another, we'll act or we'll live out of our insecurities. What do I mean? I mean, some of you are anxious about the way you look in public. You're scared, you're anxious about the way you're viewed. You're fine posting pictures of yourself if you get to do it yourself and and add all these filters and spend all this time cropping it and making it what you want it to be. But you're full of anxiety the second you get a notification saying that someone else has posted a picture and tags you in it. Right? Because you don't know how it makes you look or how it perceives you and portrays you. Maybe you're anxious because you're insecure about your intelligence, you don't feel like you're smart enough. Maybe you're anxious about your parenting. Maybe you're anxious about your marriage. Maybe it's your friendships or your job. Maybe your your anxiety is causing you to miss out on some really great opportunities at work. Whatever it is, remember your situational anxiety is pointing back to something that hurt you previously, something that caused fear in your life earlier. So, back to Elijah, real quick. He's full of all this anxiety, and he's gotten to this place where he's like, God, I can't take it anymore. I'm done. But here's a few mistakes I feel like we could learn from. Here's the first one, write this down. Mistake number one Elijah ran away. Elijah ran away. In verse three, we see that as soon as he was anxious, it says that he ran for his life. Then he traveled through the wilderness. But forget the wilderness part for a second. If you were just to look at the the geography of where he went from all the way to Beersheba in Judah, what happened there just to get to that place was about 100 miles of running. So this dude's like full on running, right? He's like Forrest Gump running. Run, Elijah, run, right? (laughs) Young people don't understand that reference. Sorry, guys. I'll try to think of something newer. But some of you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Because as soon as you feel your anxiety start flaring up, you protect yourself by metaphorically running away from the pain that you expect to experience. You've already played it out in your head so many times as to how painful this is gonna be. And you try to protect yourself by running away as soon as the anxiousness comes up. So here's what we need to do. For every point that I, I show you that Elijah made a mistake, I'm also gonna show you the correction of what we should be doing. So here we go. We know that Elijah ran away as soon as he felt anxious. Here's what we need to be doing. The correction, write this down. Lean toward your anxiety. Lean toward your anxiety. And for some of you right now, you just start having anxiety. This is a difficult one. This is really uncomfortable. And I'm sorry to tell you, it's never gonna get comfortable on this one. Lean towards your anxiety. You have to be uncomfortable in this but it's so important because you need to identify the root of your anxiety. Are you anxious in this season because of a pain that occurred in a previous chapter, just like Elijah? If we look at Jeremiah seventeen seven, here's a popular scripture right here. It says this, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. See, in previous chapters, Elijah's confidence was in the Lord. He was confident in the Lord when he stood up to the king, or when he stood up to the hundreds of prophets of Baal. But in this season, Elijah ran. If we continue, though, Jeremiah seventeen eight it says this, the person who places their confidence in the Lord Amen. is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots to the stream. Amen. I want you to pay attention to what happens to this tree, okay? Underline this. It does not fear, underline that, it does not fear, When the heat comes, it doesn't fear when it's in a difficult season. It says its leaves are always green, so it's still healthy. Then it says, underline this, it has no worries, underline that, in a year of drought, again, in a difficult season, and it never fails to bear fruit. Again, it's still healthy. See, because this tree is staying connected to the source of life, the the water in this case, that stream of water, because it's staying connected to the source of life, when a difficult season happens to it, it's not scared to death because it's connected to life. Amen? So this is what we need to be doing. When your situational anxiety flares up in your life, don't run away. Lean into it. Define it. Identify it. Go back to the root of your fear and give it to God. Lean in to the source. The second mistake Elijah made is this. Elijah isolated himself. He isolated himself. It says that he left his servant in Beersheba. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, which is what happens right before he gets to the place where he's like, I give up, I'm done, I'm out. We've said it so many times from this stage that we shouldn't isolate ourselves. We need to insulate ourselves. This is why small groups are so important. This is why godly friends are so important. This is why godly mentors in your life are so important. And there may be some of you today, maybe watching online, you're saying, look, Mike, I completely agree with you, but I don't have time to be in a small group I don't have time to have those friends in my life or to invest in those relationships. I just don't have time. Let me challenge you today then. If you were to say, look, I wanna become physically healthy, you would make time to exercise, right? You wouldn't say, God, I wanna be physically healthy. And he'd say, okay, well, I'm gonna give you an extra hour every day. You're at 25. It's not how it works. You make the time that you have. And the same is true for your spiritual health, for your mental health, and for your emotional health. You make time to be healthy. Be intentional. Elijah isolated himself. Here's the correction, write this down. Lean toward your friends. Lean toward your friends. Now don't just lean toward anyone in your life. Don't lean toward just anyone that gives you attention. Just because they give you attention does not mean they're your friend. Can I get an amen on that one? Lean toward godly people and mentors in your life. Don't lean toward people who will just tell you everything you want to hear. That's not a friend. I have some really great friends in my life. And over the last couple months since I've been the interim pastor, I've tried to introduce you to some of my friends. This last week, one of my friends showed up, and it was Dustin Woodward. He did First Wednesday for us. He's been a great friend in my life. But a couple months ago, I brought another friend in for First Wednesday. His name was Charlie Dawes. And Charlie, he's been, he's been a mentor in my life for six or seven years now. And I'm not gonna share the details of our conversation, but I can tell you that in September of 2020, I called him. Because I was going through some stuff. I told him what I was going through. I told him how I felt. I told him what I felt like I needed to do. And in the conversation, I fully anticipated him agreeing with me and saying, Mike, you're right on it. That's exactly what you need to do. I approve. I'm your friend. I expected that. But he didn't. He didn't do that at all. Instead, he challenged me. He told me that he thought I was incorrect (laughs) and that I needed to change my perspective. And he talked through some, some action steps with me to help me make a wiser and a healthier decision for my life. See, that's a friend. I was talking through some of my notes with my wife, Kristen, and she put it like this and I thought it was really good. She said, you know, if you were in school and you were struggling in class and you wanted to be more successful, you'd get a tutor. Someone who is further along than you, someone who has maybe lived through it and they're on the other side, someone with a healthier perspective. You don't go to another kid in class that's struggling also and ask them for advice. That's not how you get ahead. That's not how you grow. Get some people in your life that are ahead of you and that love you enough to be honest with you. And church, if I could be honest with you right now, I'm gonna be a little bit blunt. You may not like me. That's okay. On the flip side of this, when you get those people in your life, be coachable. Be teachable. Don't act like you know it all because you don't. I don't. Talk less. Listen more. Be a lifelong learner. Don't isolate yourself. We are incomplete without the family of God. See, Elijah closed out the people he trusted when he needed them the most. The third mistake he made is this. Elijah focused on the negative. Mm. Focus on the negative. We often do this, don't we? Even though Elijah experienced all these mountaintop moments in his life, When opposition came again, his anxiety flared up and he focused on the negative. It says that he says that, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Everything's horrible. Life is horrible. Sound familiar? (laughs) We do this, don't we? My life is so hard. There's just too much on my plate. I can't stand these people. I don't like my job. I don't like where my life is going. I'm always going to struggle. I'm never going to get to the other side of this. I'm always going to be broke. I'm never going to be in a healthy relationship. I'm always going to fight with my kids. We focus on the negatives. Here's the correction to that mistake. Lean toward the truth. Lean toward the truth. When you study interpersonal communications, you learn things like when you're in an argument with a spouse or a friend or a coworker, whoever, that you shouldn't say things like, you always or you never, because it's not accurate. It's polarizing to the side of negativity, and it's just simply not true. See, Elijah's looking so much at the negative, but what's the truth? The truth in his life is this. The truth is that he stood up to an evil king, and God protected him. The truth is that when he was hungry, God provided food for him in this miraculous way. The truth is that he stood up to hundreds of prophets of a false God, and then the one true God showed up on his behalf. God showed himself over and over and over to Elijah, but in the midst of a trying time, Elijah is so hyper-focused on the valleys that he's walking through that he's overlooking the mountaintops. Don't forget about the mountaintop moments. This is why I recommend journaling so often. If you regularly journal, When you're in the valley moment, you can just flip back a few pages and see when you're on a mountaintop. Don't forget your mountaintops. Lean into the truth. The last mistake that he made was this. Elijah forgot God. Elijah forgot God. This sounds crazy. Because Elijah was a prophet. And God was in every single step of Elijah's life. God was faithful. God showed up. God's power was there. But even so, Elijah did what many of us do as well. When we're facing a problem, when the storm hits our life, we tend to look at our problems rather than to look at our God. What's really cool though, what I love so much, what gives me peace, is that even when Elijah forgot God, God was still there. There's been a lot of times in my life that I was stressed. A lot of times in my life that I was anxious. One of the greatest issues I had was I kept looking at my problem instead of looking at my God. There's something I want you to remember, though. It's just because you stopped looking at God, that doesn't mean that God stopped looking at you. God met Elijah right where he was, under that tree. Said that Elijah rested for a moment. God provided food for him in that moment. And then if you flip over to 1 Kings 19, verse 11, says that the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind after the wind there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake after the earthquake came a fire the Lord wasn't in the fire after the fire Came a gentle whisper. Church, of the Lord was in the whisper. Out of all the noise, all the distractions, all the earthquakes, the winds, the fires, all of these things, the Lord was in the whisper. And the thing about a whisper that's so unique is that you have to lean in to hear it. So, good, so, although I, Eli- Elijah made the mistake of forgetting God, in the middle of all this this stress and chaos that he had in his life, and his anxiety is flaring up, God was still there. God still saw him. God was near. So the correction would be this. Write this down. Lean toward the Father. Lean toward the Father. Lean toward your heavenly Father so you can hear his whispers saying things like, you're going to be okay. Cast your anxieties on me because I care for you. Trust in me with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for I, the Lord, am with you wherever you go. Do not fear. I am with you. See, I love this so much. Because the Lord whispers because he's close. If I was sitting next to you right now, I wouldn't use this microphone to talk to you. Why? Because it's not necessary. I don't need something to make my voice boom. When I'm right next to you, I could just speak with a whisper and you would hear me because I'm close. See, God was close to Elijah even when Elijah forgot about God. And what's so ironic about this is that his greatest fear, what made him so anxious, was being killed by Jezebel. But if you fast forward to 2 Kings chapter 11, it says that suddenly a chariot of fire and and horses of fire appeared, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. What Elijah was so scared about, what caused him so much anxiety, never even happened. He never experienced death. I think there's a great lesson in that as well. See, a lot of the things that we worry about don't even happen. If they do, a lot of times it's not nearly as bad as what we plated up in our head. But here's the thing, church. Even in the times that it is bad, or let's be real, even in the times when it's worse than we expected. Our God is still faithful. He's still near. So don't worry. You know, earlier we sang a song that talked about birds and the lilies and how God takes care of them. It actually comes out of scripture. That, it comes out of one of Jesus' teachings. It's in the Gospels about how we don't need to worry. He says, look at the birds. They don't work to store up food for themselves. God provides for them. And aren't you more valuable than a bird? Then he says, consider the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully about the flowers that are here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow, Certainly, he cares about you. But then he closes up with this Matthew 6 34 by saying, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, well, it's going to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of of its own. So, listen, church, I want to challenge you today. Lean into your anxiety identify it. Let's define it. Let's find the root. Let's lean toward our friends. Not just the people that give us attention. Let's lean toward godly people in our life. And let's listen and talk less and grow. Let's lean into the truth. Let's not focus so much on the negatives in our life. Let's let's also remember the mountaintop moments. Let's not get so caught up in our emotions and let's pay attention to what God's really doing, the story he's really telling. Let's lean toward our heavenly father. And remember, he's still in control because we're not. (laughs) Let's seek him. And when you do, the Bible says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, we don't understand it. It will guard your hearts and your minds christ jesus amen hey listen will you close your eyes and bow your heads with me now right now in this moment there's a lot of us that are dealing with anxieties maybe you're here today and you just feel weighed down you just feel heavy your spirit's heavy you say, Mike, I want to feel lighter. I want to give this thing away. I want God to take this from me. I want you to know right now, what's a burden for you is not for him. He wants to take it for you. And whatever it is that you're walking through right now, he still has a plan and a purpose for you. He cares for you. He sees you. Even when we've forgotten him and we're hiding under a tree, saying, God, I give up, I'm done. He still sees you, and he's near. He's saying, cast your cares on me because I care for you. He's big enough to carry your burdens. So right now, with no one looking around, if you're in here and you say, Mike, look, I'm I'm going through some stuff right now. I got some anxiety in my life, and I'm struggling. It's heavy. I just want you to know, I want to pray for you. No one's looking around. We you just raise your hand and say, yeah, Mike, pray for me. And there's quite a few hands in here right now. I want you to know, you're not alone in this boat. Not even close. God, we love you. God, we love you. And God, for each and every burden that we've been carrying, for the uncertainty that maybe we're walking in, for the stress that we've had, for the anxiety that's overwhelming us right now, God, even though we would love to know what's around the corner of what the next steps are. God, I pray right now that you give us the boldness to trust you and to trust your plan and just take one step at a time, knowing that you're in control. God, you know the numbers of the hairs on our head, so certainly you know the next steps that we need to take, and we don't have to worry about this. It's not for us to worry about. God, give us the boldness to cast our cares onto you. And to walk confidently, knowing that you do genuinely care for us, that you have it all under control. As we stay in this moment of prayer right now, church, there's some of you right now that aren't living for God. You don't have a relationship with God. Or maybe at some point in your life you did and you've, you've kind of walked away. Kind of like Peter, he had his eyes on Jesus, but when the storm hit, he started looking more at the storm. And you feel like you're sinking right now. Can I just tell you, church, Jesus is still reaching out his hand, and he wants to pick you up. He wants to get you back in the boat. So no one looking around. If you want a fresh start with Jesus, say, yeah, Mike, I want you to pray for me right now. I want to live for him. I want to go all in. No one's looking. We just raise your hand and say, yeah, pray for me, Mike. Amen. I see, you. I see you. Amen. Church, can we pray this prayer as a family today for a fresh start? Will you join me? Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. God, I ask that you forgive me of my sins and that you make me new. God, I want to walk with you from today until forever. God, give me a fresh start and a new beginning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. The whole church said a big amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate that today.